Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 468. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Read our stories at slowflowersjournal.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to The Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important this year than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Whether we like it or not, establishing a social media presence is an essential business requirement these days. In any visually driven marketplace, this is true, but especially in the floral world. We need to create Instagram and Facebook accounts that we want our brand, our mission, and our values to be associated with. I launched the first Slow Flowers business page on Facebook in 2013, when my book of that title was released. And I believe that I started the Slow Flowers Instagram account called at my Slow Flowers in 2015. Prior to that, I had a personal account, and it took Danny Hahn of Rose Story Farm to inform me that having a second account on Instagram was allowed. So I muddled along for a few years, posting a hodgepodge of images, all pretty, but there was no strategy. After meeting and working with today's guest, things changed. And as I discuss with her in this episode, she was definitely a game changer, our secret sauce. Please meet Nisha Blancas of Fetching Social, the social media strategist and manager whose talents and creativity have magnified the message of slow flowers on Instagram and Facebook. Nisha and I first worked together as consultants to the Field to Vase Dinner Tour, a project I helped launch with Certified American Grown. We met up at a number of beautiful flower farms around the U.S. where I often hosted the VIP and media guests, and Nisha managed the social media for each event. Not long after I ended that contract in 2017, Nisha left her gig and started Fetching Social. I didn't hesitate for a moment. I asked her to support Slow Flowers with a social media strategy. Nisha has been a vital member of the small but mighty Slow Flowers team. And other than our podcast editor, Andrew Brenlin, Nisha has been with me the longest. She basically acts as Slow Flowers Society's freestanding social media department, and I'm so glad for her talents. Here's a bit more about Nisha Blancas. With a personality as colorful as her creativity, Nisha loves to think outside the box for new and exciting ways to showcase her clients' stories. After graduating from Fresno State with a double major in public relations and fashion merchandising, Nisha has dipped her toes into various waters, many of which happen to be social-worthy, food, flowers, wine, travel, fashion, and events. 
And more about fetching social. Nisha asks, why settle for anything less than fetching? Fetching social is your business ally. We understand that social media can be overwhelming and time-consuming, especially while you're running your own company. Let us do what we do best so you can get back to business. If you want to compare bucket list adventures, debate the existence of unicorns, or talk one-on-one with Nisha for her branding advice, you can DM her on Instagram or email her at fetchingsocial at gmail.com. I'll also have links to all her social places in today's show notes for episode 468 at deborahprincing.com. Last summer, Nisha was a featured presenter at the 2019 Slow Flowers Summit in St. Paul. She uh, spoke about social media, and I've got a bonus for you. You can watch Nisha's presentation, Visual Storytelling for Social Media. It's part of a three-speaker panel with Kalisa, Jenny Frazier, and Missy Palacol. I'll share the video link in today's show notes for you to go back and watch. I'll also have photos to share and links to some of the resources that Nisha and I discuss in today's show notes for episode 468. So let's jump right in and get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so thrilled today to introduce my good friend, Nisha Blancas of Fetching Social. Hi, Nisha. Hi. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. I love it that you said yes. So um, this kind of just struck me as the perfect opportunity to talk about you and your business. Um, Some of you may recognize Nisha if you've been on the Slow Flowers Um, monthly and before that weekly member meetups because she is uh, one of our team members of Slow Flowers. And actually, we've been together the longest of anybody I'm working with. Um, (laughs) We should talk about how we met. But first, give us a snapshot of what Fetching Social is. Yeah, so Fetching Social, um, what I like to think of it is your business's ally. I'm starting Fetching Social I understood that there is a need for help with social media, especially if you are running your own business. Uh, Social media alone is a monster to be. Uh, It can be very time consuming and it can also be overwhelming for for those that, you know, just don't have the time to constantly be updated with the latest, you know, add-ons or whatnot Mm -hmm. or latest platform. Um, so with fetching social, I'm pretty much the point of contact for you to allow me to help you with your social media. I would be the one to, you know, worry about the back end of it and earn your guys's trust Mm -hmm. in order to support your business and help it grow and flourish the way that you intended it to be. So you can just focus on your business and, you know, all the other aspects when it comes to, you know, growing your business on that end. And I can worry on the digital end. On the digital end. Yeah. So it's really, it's a digital visual, digital and visual strategy, at least the way we're using it. Because I suppose there are people who want to hire a social media consultant to, you know, help them with Twitter or something like that, but we're not in that space really. So um, Instagram and Facebook are kind of the two places that you're you're owning it for Slow Flowers. Yes, definitely. Uh, I would agree. Instagram and Facebook. Well, to back up, Nisha, I think we, did we meet in 2016? When did you start working for the Field to Vase Dinner Tour? 
Man. 15 um, or 16. I started in 2015. That's right. Kind of in the fall, right? Right. Yeah. I, I just, I met you because I was consulting with them on kind of putting those dinners together. This was a project of Certified American Grown. And um, you were on board with um, Adrian Young, who had, I think, like the marketing contract or something with those. Right. And at the time, no one was doing social media. <laughs> and you, you kind of stepped in and took it over. <laughs> it was actually a very fun client to take on. I mean, in the beginning process of, you know, receiving that client, I was, you know, enjoying it from afar and enjoying these beautiful dinners here in where I'm from Fresno. And, you know, they were often uh, Brooklyn or, you know, somewhere in Washington. And I just got to see, you know, through the screen digital. Um, but then eventually I got promoted and got to travel along with you know, everyone. And that's where I met you in person. Yeah. Which was the first dinner we, we, we had a tradition of trying to get a photo of us, of the two of us together at each one of these dinners. We should put a little gallery together and yeah. share it in our show hey, notes. In Carlsbad. That's right. So Carlsbad was when we were at the flower fields and okay. um, in that beautiful venue and our friends at flower duet, as you just reminded me, did the, did the floral arranging. Well, Nisha, I just have to say, you know, I, I always loved working with you. You're so positive and I could see how effective you were either in planning and scheduling out campaigns, but in a way your, your secret power is live and on the ground in real time. And a lot of people can't think on their feet, but you were almost like a roving reporter doing Facebook lives with designers. And I remember watching you do the one with Francoise Weeks and it was just, it's like watching a TV show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, being an on-site correspondent, I would, you know, categorize myself yeah. as it was, it was a lot. Um, I remember oftentimes I would have some guests like come up to me and they'd be like, you need to enjoy the dinner. Like, have you eaten? Have you done this? Have you done that? Like you need to get off your phone. <laughs> and I would just, you know, look at them and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm working right now. Like this is my job. But other than that, it was such a blast. I got to meet so many of the designers, um, you know, the local chefs, the people that supplied the wine or the, uh, yeah, the farmers, everything, the yeah. flower farmers, but um, I do have to say the reason people were probably thought you were just obsessed with your phone and that you were a guest is because there was this sort of wardrobe issue that you all, and I, just, I mean that as a positive, like the wardrobe became part of the package. So you, you had the cutest outfits and you, you, you coordinated, like, I, to me, it just always fit. Like where in Texas, you look like you belonged in Texas. We're in Brooklyn. You look like you belong in Brooklyn. Can you talk a little bit about your fashion uh, ties and how yeah. that influences you? Um, yeah. When I was doing that tour, I was wearing a different floral print every single dinner. And needless to say, I don't think I wear any floral anymore. I think I've burnt myself out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about solids, but it was so much fun. And like 
like you said, the whole Texas idea, I did wear cowboy boots like that night yep. and, you know, they were purple and they were awesome, but <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I loved I mean, it. It was fun. And it, it kind of just, um, you know, you, you've never really been a super corporate person. I'm sure you can do that whole corporate game, but it was nice to let you, you let your personality and your your fashion ten tendencies to really shine uh, at, at those dinners. That's sort of how we got to know each other. Um, I have to say when we got serious about working together, I want to just thank you so much because in um, when I was planning this Little Flower Summit in 2017, the very first one, um, first of all, your former employer, Adrian Young, um, who at the time, I think her business was called Poppy Social, right? Correct. Yeah. She said, hey, we want to help you promote the summit for a month. We'll just help you with some some social media stuff. And I remember you had to record a how-to video to show me how to post um, stories on Instagram. Like, honestly, it was... first started. That was hysterical because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> You taught me how to do split screen Facebook Live. Um, you just figured it out and made a little tutorial for me and we practiced. I mean, Nisha, you were awesome. And then the icing on the cake was you said, I would love to come volunteer for the summit and be at the summit. And I was way, way in over my head. I mean, thank goodness for Stephanie Downs, uh, a florist uh, who has a business called Vanitas. Uh, here in Seattle, had um, volunteered to help with the kind of event planning side of things. But you came on board, you flew up to Seattle, stayed with us, and um, not only did you do the social media for the whole day, but you were like our event photographer. And I was I was so touched by all of that. Thank you. Amazing. Of course. And again, I would do it in a heartbeat again, and I've done it how many years now? And You're the OG. I am the OG. <laughs> well, and so the the kind of, that was in what? End of June, early July of 2017. A few months later, some maybe in the fall, you let me know that um, because of, you know, some like cl uh, client accounts leaving the agency you were at, you had been laid off. And I was so upset. And I just blurted out, come come, come work for Slow Flowers. And, um, had you started your business then? I mean, I had thought about it. I had a name, but I never thought I was ever going to, you know, do anything with it. It was just more of like, Oh, this is an idea. Let's just see. I'm always full of ideas. And when that happened, I was just like, okay, you know, this is, something's telling me that I need to just try it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, at least I tried. And so. Wow. So fetching was in the back of your mind as a cute business name. Yeah, I loved it. I, you know, a lot of people think, oh, fetching like a dog, like, you know, a dog goes fetching. <laughs> but actually, I mean, if you look at the actual textbook definition fetching actually means attractive and you know capturing interest so I thought you know why not fetching social that's what you want to do when you create social media you want to create that interest and you want it to be attractive for people to 
like it, comment, share. That's so. cute. It's great. I love it. I love it. So um, it was sort of halfway formed in your mind, and then you pulled the trigger and said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this." Uh, kind of a, a consultancy. Um, you have mm-hmm. multiple clients and your background was sort of floral ag- uh, food and wine and fashion, right? Right. So on a, I guess, professional sense, it was more floral. Mm-hmm. Um, I was handling all the floral account, floral accounts. And then on the side, my side project, I was managing my own I guess, a smaller business, which I have a vintage online shop. And with that, I was, you know, dabbling into photography and doing editorial lookbooks. I was styling my models. I was scouting my models, scouting locations, and then, of course, managing my social media. And then through that, like, it just started growing, and I would definitely add fashion you know, to my, my list of industries, I guess. So you basically were your own client for a long time or you're, oh, you, yes. you were the main client. <laughs> I was always my own client before <laughs> I even knew what I was doing. <laughs> but I mean, I just, I, I do see you post sometimes. Is, are, do you still maintain an account for, um, is it brainchild? Yes. So I still maintain the account. Um, I actually just did a shoot not too long ago. Um, so I still need to edit the photos. So that's another thing I do. So I take these photos, I edit them, I post them, share them, Mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, but yeah, I still, I still do it. I feel like it's more to feed my creative sense and be more hands-on. So that's, that's why I have room child. Yeah. I don't know going to stem from it but I feel like something will eventually <laughs> but you're still selling vintage clothing I mean that's that's sort of a, the the yeah. plus to all the all the creative production that you're doing um I think it's really cool because uh it makes you more holistic and able to see what a full um strategy is whereas in some cases people who do social media are just like you know handling one one little channel of a bigger campaign Right. And honestly, that's why I'm so grateful to have Brainchild and have it flourish where it's at now, because I've always thought by having Brainchild, it was more of like my test subject in a sense. I can, you know, I had full range of doing any and every everything with it. I can try things out and see what can come out of it and then potentially use those skills for clients. Yeah. And even to this day, I still do it. Um, I mean, whether it has to do with like creating certain paid advertisements or uh, messing with the Instagram reels or even dabbling into TikTok, I've used brainchild as my main you know, theme or, or whatnot. Yeah. And then potentially use it for slow flowers mm. or whatever I have. I love it. I love it. Okay. You've mentioned a couple of things that I'm, I'm curious about. So let's just dive in and talk about social media nitty gritty. Okay. First of all, number one, I've talked about how you taught me how to do Instagram live with a guest and how to do Facebook live with a guest. So that like that still is a, those are valuable tools that you've taught me. But the number one thing I want to give you a shout out for is in September of 2017, when or September, October, whatever, when you came on board to manage the social media channel for Slow Flowers, 
I think we had something like 3,000 followers, maybe, on the at my Slow Flowers account in there, in that, in that realm, in that range. And today we have 26,000 followers. I attribute all of that to you. And you're just, you're, you're like, you're the steward of that, of that account and you manage it so well. And I guess the thing that I like to say as a footnote is that it's all organic. I know I've learned from you in our conversations, like you can tell if somebody is buying their followers. And I guess there's like, whatever little factories that churn out followers and that's the opposite of organic, right? Correct. So it's important to have organic followers because first and foremost, those are the followers that choose to follow you and like your content, which is your posts, your stories, anything that you post, as long as they chose choose to follow you then they will continue supporting you. And mm. that's what's important. If you go and buy your followers, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're going to see your content. They're going to actually like it. Um, they're just kind of there to, I mean, I don't even know if they're even real. A lot of them are just bots. Yeah. So, so it's just a number. It's not, it, an, it's not a relationship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you, you have also, because I know you drill down in the analytics, um, engagement is sort of a, a measure that you really look at. And what does that mean exactly? Is that more than just clicking the heart, right? Right. So engagement, if you're on more of the, the business side of Instagram or Facebook, you, you have the ability to look at your analytics. And when you look in your analytics, you're going to have different terms. You'll have your reach, your impressions. You're even going to look at your likes, your comments, your shares. And just by seeing those numbers, as much as they'll grow, that's how you know, like you're getting good engagement rates. Mm. You kind of want to see what your followers, follower uh, count looks like versus what your engagement rate looks like. And if it doesn't look, you know, if it doesn't look like something adds up, then more than likely mm-hmm. you know, it's not real. It's not organic. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. I feel like the um, the engagement is part of your um, you your your intention. Like you are trying to every single post, um, almost you're sh- highlighting a slow flowers member because you're curating all these photos from our members' accounts. And, um, of course, then they're tagged. And so then they're likely to be flattered and excited and respond. And, um, like, how do you do that? I guess the one that blows my mind the most is when you do a member Monday. And I've just sent you a list of people who are new members or renewing members for a given month. And then miraculously, these galleries appear, and I can only imagine how much time it takes to pull those together. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I actually really like Member Mondays. We've been doing this now for, oof, like, definitely over a year. Yeah. Maybe a year and a half, I think. Years. Well, we did a thing uh, two years ago where, like, we were trying to do every state, uh, every, every week we do a different state. So that kind of, I think that segued into member Monday. Yeah, that, that was the start of it. And then once that we hit all our States, that's when I decided, well, let's 
showcase our new members. Usually it's the first two weeks of the month. And then our renewing members would be like the last two weeks or Mm -hmm. last three, depending on how the month Mm -hmm. works. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, with the member Mondays, typically I just go through the list that you send each month in the newsletter and I track them down on Instagram or Facebook, depending on what they have. And I just choose the best photo that I think will do very well and best represents, you know, the business. Um, And yeah, I just, you know, put it in a carousel post and send it on its way and give them that shout out and tag them. And hopefully our followers would go and, you know, tap on their their little button and check them out, give them a follow, give them a like, become friends. You know, it's all about a community here. Yeah, absolutely. And I do, I I know that there's sort of this almost in your DNA, if you're looking at someone's Instagram feed or Facebook page, is it pretty easy to, to immediately identify that, you know, like dazzling photo that's going to look really great if, if, if it's just, a single flower photo or a single arrangement that's, that's going to quote unquote represent that person and their brand. Like some, I don't know, like sometimes it comes to me. It just honestly depends. Cause there's a lot of moving factors when choosing a photo like member Monday, I typically like to choose the best looking photo, whether it's an arrangement, it's, an uh, up close shot of a flower or usually a bouquet. Um, but when it comes to sharing single posts from members, one of the bigger factors that I have to think about is the layout of our monthly calendar. Mm. It's like, okay, how many photos do we have of close up flower shots? How many photos do we have of you know, someone's hand in it, Mm -hmm. how many arrangements do we have? So depending on the types of photos that I'm pulling to add to our calendar, I want to make sure there's like no two faces that are going to be posted at the same, like one day and then the next day. Right, right. Two close up photos, you know, together. I just, I want to spread everything out, like, you know, little sprinkles of this and sprinkles of that and it kind of just comes together and I don't know that's that's the thing it's just there's a lot of little factors you know it comes with colors design you just want to make sure you I don't it's like an array of sunshine and and that yeah and there's this sort of flow and rhythm to it I think is what you're getting at and then you handle this calendar that you talked about it's mm-hmm. it's a thing of beauty. Let me just say, I have I have this. I, we're on Zoom, so we can see each other. I have this giant folder. I print them off every month, and um, I think they could be put into a book. I'll have to show it to you. Um, sometimes I do share them with my friends who are in the garden writing space, and I'm like, "Look, just do something like this." <laughs> and they're like, "No way! How how on earth do you do that, Deborah?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't. I Nisha does it for me." <laughs> Um, but what I was going to say is like, you've got this whole calendar and then Deborah decides on a whim to post something. Does that mess you up? Cause that beautiful grid you're talking about, I can kind of interrupt it. And I, now I realize I better, well, I do sometimes check with you. 
No, you do. And that's honestly, it's just communication. Um, and honestly, the things that you post are, it doesn't really matter because it, it meshes so well with it. I mean, even with the new, the latest project that we have going on, which is highlighting, you know, that was it 90 days of slow flowers journal. Yes. I mean, even with that, we mentioned earlier that it's important to have the great ratio of faces to flowers. And that's what's doing very well at the moment. Oh, interesting. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm trying specifically to use at least when I'm featuring one business per day, at least one of those images is directly from the book. And hopefully the first one. So sometimes it is faces and sometimes it's it's an arrangement. So um, yeah, I feel like I've learned so much from you about the thought process behind that. Um, I feel also, Nisha, with COVID and like you, we were talking before we started recording, it's not just COVID, it's this whole sort of social justice uh, awareness and awakening that we're all experiencing with um, you know, wanting to be anti-racist and wanting to be, uh, you know, promote uh, inclusion and representation with intent. Um, I think we've always done it kind of haphazardly, but being much more intentional, it's it's affected how you plan and make decisions for social media, um, I would say. And I wonder if you could talk about that, because I think it's on top of mind for everybody. Yeah, I mean... Like I mentioned before, social media is, you know, always changing. And whether that means changing with actual platform itself, you know, getting a new button or adding a new, I guess. Like a feature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also it's changing in a sense of just in the world um, when, you know, Black Lives Matter happened, that's when the rise of the Black Square you know, happened and came into play and everyone was, you know, talking about, well, don't post on this day. Like you need to just post this black box and, um, you know, make sure that we should be highlighting, you know, our black members or supporting black businesses. And so when all of that was happening, obviously that took a whole different turn for our calendar that I had already previously wrote in the beginning of the month. And, you know, when that happened, it was like, okay, let's, we need to stop everything. I need to um, not schedule anything that we had planned and just, I don't want to say pivot, but like mm. switch over to something mm-hmm. completely different and be with the times and, you know, really support with what's going on. And, that's what we kind of did. And we had multiple meetings about this and, you know, trying to get the conversation going on like, okay, this is what we need to do. I shared, you know, what I thought needed to be done just based off of, uh, of things that I was seeing other businesses do, or just having conversations with friends Mm -hmm. on the best way to approach this in a social media sense. And especially when it comes to a, a business, um, yeah, it, it's, you're kind of just going with the flow in a sense. Yes, you can have things planned out, but when things happen, you need to really be on it and be aware, especially if it's something that resonates with you and your beliefs. And yeah. 
I remember um, I remember when you reached out to me um, right after the the you know horrific murder of George Floyd, and you you said. Here's some here's two or three things I think we should do. And you were such a good advisor to me um, because you you were able to step back and synthesize all of like like you said, all the stuff you're seeing flooding social media, some of which was really wonderful and some of which was like not appropriate. And you just, um, you know, came up with these beautiful graphics that um, we've been using to this day, especially when we want to use um, kind of a statement that um has a it like i'm not saying this very well but like it still had a a thread of the branding that you were trying to uh anchor in slow flowers so our members knew we were serious but Mm -hmm. you changed the font you changed the palette you um you you created some beautiful graphics when we were highlighting and we'll continue to highlight um black farmers and florists that we want to support and um i i thought it was just so there was so much polish and, but also like respect and dignity to what, what you selected. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And I'm honestly so grateful that you allowed me to be a part of this movement, especially with slow flowers and really speak a belief that I have within myself and really understanding that we do align in our belief system. Yeah. I, I learned I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. No, no. Okay. I do think that, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> pigeonhole you, but you are in a different generation than me. <laughs> and that is a benefit. I mean, I mean, I, I think that, that your, um, your life experience is, is much more in lo- I think aligned with, uh, a, a lot of the newer f- people in the slow flowers movement who are maybe just embracing the floral profession, after college or after another, you know, kind of job that, you know, didn't satisfy them. And they're trying to seek something that's really meaningful. And, um, I'm grateful that, that it's, we do have different perspectives because then we, we choose different things to highlight. Yeah. And yeah, that's definitely true. Um, (laughs) well, we, we have changed some things up this year and we mentioned a few of them, but also I feel like, um, you're every time you do Instagram stories, I'm texting you going, Oh my God, this is so good. Or I'll text Karen, uh, Thornton, our, uh, operations manager and be like, God, did you see what Nisha did? She's really (laughs) up in her game. And I, I hope everyone's noticed that. I mean, I, I, you, you have a lot of skills. You're like a triple threat. And one of them is, as I mentioned, picking uh, beautiful photography, but also like knowing just that that perfect balance of typography and graphics. And I know you're using some online tools, but you're still having to make a lot of, you know, custom, you have to customize all this stuff, right? I'm, I mean, as much <laughs> as Canva can let me. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to put you on the spot and ask you to tell everyone what you're using. <laughs> Okay, but you're using Canva then for a, a lot of the stuff. I am, yeah. And I will thank COVID and quarantine life for allowing me to have some more time to mess with Canva and really up my game, I would say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm actually pretty excited the way some of these things have turned out. And it kind of blows my mind that I'm like, oh, this just came from Canva. Yeah, but you're adding a little sparkle to it, a little Nisha sparkle. Oh, Yeah. So you mentioned a you mentioned TikTok, and I know on a um, 
on a Slow Flowers meetup, uh, maybe last month, where everybody uh, was talking about their new skills that they'd learned, you mentioned that you taught yourself TikTok. And I want to hear about that. And I want to hear about this sizzle thing, which I don't even, or reels or whatever it is that Instagram's doing. I don't know what that is. Are they the same? Pretty much. It's Instagram's version of TikTok. I wondered about that. It is called Reel. R-E-E-L. Okay. So how have you used TikTok and is it worth, I mean, I honestly don't think it's worth my investment of any energy (laughs) or time, (laughs) but I don't want to downplay it. (laughs) Well, I'm, yes, I made one video and I used it on behalf of Brainchild, but it's kind of hard. I don't think I'm that generation that can just get it in a few, like 30 minutes or so or less. It's you need, you need your own intern. Oh my God. It's like about 14. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh man. But I will say this. TikTok is my guilty pleasure though. I tend to watch TikTok before I go to bed and I've learned a lot from TikTok, which I never thought would happen. Um, I've seen some businesses, you know, make their TikToks and it's not what you think it's going to be either. Usually when people think of TikTok, it's like, oh, you're just dancing or, you know, you're showing an outfit pic or whatnot. But there's actually like a lot of things that people have been sharing, whether it's, you know, building something or learning how to edit photos or, you know, getting some social media tips and tricks, photography tricks, tips. But conveyed, conveyed on the TikTok platform. Yeah. And is there a time limit to it? Um, I want to say it's like 60 seconds. And so it depends on how many little frames you build into that 60 seconds. And a lot of people tend to do like, oh, well, like this for part two or, Mm. you know, they're driving in their engagement, which, you know, is brilliant. But a lot of the stories, like if they're building something, like I've, I've been watching this girl, she's been remodeling her parents' home and, you know, she's on part 20 something and, I'm there watching it because I want to see like how this house is going to turn out type of thing. How, um, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and so when uh, Instagram introduced its own version of that, were you surprised? No, honestly, no. Um, I mean, it was the same thing when Instagram stories were introduced, you know, they kind of took over Snapchat and that's, you know, that's exactly what Snapchat was doing. And then Instagram stories happen and, you know, everyone on the stories, you know, there's some people still on Snapchat, but. Wow. Wow. It's like the 10,000 ton gorilla. It's just, it's picking up successful new iterations of social media and just somehow infusing it into the existing Instagram platform. Well, I feel like I've learned Instagram stories and I'm happy with that. And I'm really happy that you mainly manage it. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows when, you know, this, uh, the summit happens, maybe we can create a TikTok of some sort. Okay. And get you on TikTok. Okay. I'm down with that. I have a year to think about it. (laughs) Um, we haven't really talked quite as much about Facebook, but you have anything you want to say about using Facebook and why it's still valid and important, especially for Soul Flowers community? Yeah, um, 
Facebook is definitely still relevant. It's definitely needed. Uh, I mean, you can always think that there could be a different set of followers on your Facebook versus like your Instagram. Like to be, it's more of like a professional sense versus on Instagram, it's all visuals. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I honestly think Facebook is still galleries that you can share more than just 10 photos at a time through zoom which i tried out yeah and also i'm thinking about it like uh instagram has some frustrations in that you can't necessarily embed a link into a single post i guess you can do that swipe up thing but i still don't understand that you're handling that for me but with facebook you can attach a link like if i see an article i want to share or if i see something one of our members is doing and I want to share it. It does have that benefit of instantaneously the user can then click and go to that, that, uh, you know, other site and see that, see something immediate. And I think that's, that's a strength. And I think another great thing about Facebook is by having, you know, our group. Yeah. Part of like the slow flowers summit group. Or the slow flowers community. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that that's something that I need to, you know, we need to, I don't know, talk together about what we can do to um, continue that and make it a little bit more inclusive to other Slow Flowers activities. Um, just another thing to put on our to-do list, I guess. No, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's to the point where I feel, I don't know about you, but I've been seeing advertisements on TV for Facebook groups. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was brilliant. And I think by pushing that even on a mainstream level, it's going to invite people to think about like, oh, well, I like, you know, different things. Like I, like me personally, I've joined a group. I'm usually not in groups, but I found a gluten-free uh, person group. Mm. And I'm like, hey, let me join this and see what they're talking about. So it's kind of like by topic or by affinity or interest. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that you were going to be in the closeted uh, Disneyland fans who are now adults, but, you know, a child at heart group. Okay. I wasn't going to mention that, but yes, I am a part of a Disneyland group. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who want to follow Nisha, well, she's got several social media accounts, so she'll give me the ones that I'm allowed to share on uh, our show notes at DebraPrinzing.com. But you, you... You live in Fresno. Right. Disneyland is in Anaheim. What is that drive for you to get there? Um, on a good day. It's like maybe three and a half hours. Okay. And pre-COVID, roughly how many times a year were you able to go do an excursion to Disneyland? I don't even know if I even told you this, but okay. We, prior to COVID, we were going like maybe three to four times a year. Well, the week that COVID happened, so what, the week of March 13th, we officially got annual passes. Okay. How, yeah. How's that been going? We never got to use it. <laughs> Are they going to give you a refund? <laughs> uh, well, they put a, a freeze on it, so I don't it, even know. We've been talking about it, and we're like, well... 
we're not going to go anytime this year and who knows about next year. So it, is the annual pass specifically for California residents? Uh, they have different, oh. uh, different packages. Okay. So uh, they have the California one and they have like, you know, for anybody. Cause you like Disney world too. Oh, I do. I love anything Disney. <laughs> Why did this all come about? Was it just as a child that you, you, you're a California girl and you just kind of love the magic? I don't know. For as long as I can remember, I've always loved Disney. And I think I blame my mom for it, to be honest. Like I was looking at old photos of me and I was always wearing something Disney. All my birthday parties were pretty much Disney princesses. I went to Disneyland, I think at five and, you know, still hear the stories to this day about how Goofy scared me. And I don't know. I just can't get enough of it. And as an adult going to Disney, it's not like, oh my God, I got to go because I want to go on all these rides type of thing. Like I love going because I know stepping on the grounds of Disneyland was actually someone's dream. Mm. It was Walt Disney's dream. That was his vision. You know, looking at just the architecture and just the art and history behind it, that just like feeds my soul. Well, it's, you're still looking at it through the lens of a branding expert, you know, in terms of how it all is so integrated with all with, the detail. Yeah. Like I'm, that's, I just go crazy over that stuff. I don't know why. Well, okay. So we're <laughs> going to blame Kathy Blancas, Nisha's mom, who, uh, anyone who came to the slow flowers summit, um, in, uh, the twin cities in St. Paul in 2019 met Kathy cause she came and volunteered and, uh, helped manage the whole registration process along with my friend Jean Zappadal. Uh, but you managed to get her to come because she's a big Prince fan, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. It wasn't the Slow Fire Summit. It was, it was, going, <laughs> <laughs> it was Purple Rain. <laughs> Pretty much was. I, when I had found out that we were going to the Twin Cities, I was like, Mom, like, we're going back to Minnesota. Like, do you want to go? And she's like, well, will you at least take me to Paisley Park? And I'm like, fine, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, it was That's it great. Out. We got a volunteer. She got to do her, her Prince tour. We were all set. Yeah, yep, yep. And she was gonna, going to be at Philoli, I know. And I, I'm looking forward to, we'll get our do-over in 2021. And that'll be close. You guys can just drive. Well, I know the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, in addition to like having this fun conversation about how we love to work together, <clears throat> is that I really feel like there's a there's an opportunity for people to take advantage of your services, Nisha. And I know you have multiple clients. Of course, I like to think that I'm your favorite client, but uh, you know, there's you've helped other Slow Flowers members in the past with pro special projects. And I'm not really sure what you would call them, like campaigns or 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 you know project management, but uh, can you talk about how someone can work with you and like what your menu of services is and what, what you, what you want to share with, with uh, the Slowfires community about, well, first of all, everything's virtual. So it doesn't matter that you're in Fresno and I'm in Seattle. Like that, that should not be a barrier to you working with anyone. Right. Right. No, definitely. Um, yes, I may be across the country from you, but you know, being on a computer or on a phone, like we can literally, Next to each other type of thing 
so when it comes to my services, I typically offer community management and engagement, which, you know, I would be the one to drive your account, whether that be, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, if you're on Twitter and you need some help with Twitter, like I can, you know, spearhead that as well. Um, I'm also big on content creation and this is more of an original sense of content. I, the way it would work if I, you know, am here in Fresno and you're elsewhere, typically how that works is you would provide the photo gallery of some sort and I would choose the photos from your gallery and use those to build out your monthly calendars and schedule them out for you. And you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, posting every day or worrying about the time, you know, like, oh, no, I didn't post today type of thing. Um, I also do social media consulting and strategy development. So I can help you if you're thinking of, you know, creating a campaign of some sort and you, you know, need some advice on how to execute it, you know, in the best sense for you. And it's sensible for you and your employees. Uh, I also do paid social media advertising. So if that's something that you are thinking about and, you know, just are thinking about, especially now uh, to help drive, you know, possible or potential consumers or just brand awareness in general, uh, I definitely, you know, can do your paid social media advertising. And when I say this, it doesn't mean like you need to spend, you know, a lot of money. We can start low and, you know, focus on a post for $5 or, you know, $20 once a month type of thing and kind of see like where your numbers are at. Um, let's see, what else can I do? I also do some brand management, you know, just managing the overall look of your brand and, and if you need like a refresher or trying to figure out something new to spark interest within your followers, like that's something that I can do for you as well. Wow. Wow. I, I'm, uh, I had mentioned to you that I wanted to get my head back into the Pinterest game. So, um, we're going to have maybe a new project to add to your plate. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about that since our conversation and want to say I just had a conversation with someone too and they were asking about the the need of Pinterest and I was like well actually you know we're we're in conversation about mm -hmm. that right now especially if you're in the the floral game I think well yes. it's interesting because I mean that's why Instagram is so powerful as a um you know a, a place to communicate who you are as, a, as an organization and, you know, engage people. And I feel like there's some parallels with Pinterest, but they're not exactly the same. So I look forward to, we'll have to have a separate meeting and plan, plan what the game is for Pinterest. Yeah. I am, um, I'm not sure what it is yet, but I feel like the, the, col the collection of images is, um, I, I, it's very appealing to me, especially knowing it's not going to push down in the grid or in the feed like it would on Instagram or Facebook. I, I'm not saying that very well, but there's something about Pinterest that seems to be a little bit more like permanent almost. Like once you post something, it's not going to get lost. Right. Because I mean, it, it has its own little index in a sense of, I mean, it has a folder 
where you can always just jump right into it if you're looking for that specific thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would actually be really curious if, okay, so yes, we're talking about this on the podcast, but if you happen to be on social media, we would love to hear your thoughts on Pinterest. Yeah. And if you're on Pinterest and what type of boards are you creating? Are you seeing any engagements? Like if, if so, leave us a comment. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we promote this podcast. And, and maybe when we, when we figure out what we're going to do with Pinterest, we'll put a, like a little survey out on Instagram to, because you're good at those surveys, Nisha, like, you know, ask me a question kind of thing. We'll, we'll try to get it out there for people. Of course. Uh, okay. Well, I know we could talk for another hour, but we've had a nice morning and I wanted to know what I have not asked you that you want to share before we wrap up. Um, I mean, the only thing I would like to share is how people, I mean, if they can get one thing out of this conversation, like what would it be? Uh, for me, I would like to let people know when it comes to their social media to always just be authentic to themselves and to their brand. And just make sure like when you post something, make sure that it's, you know, genuinely you and it favors your brand altogether. Um, because that will resonate with your followers and it, it can lead to likes and comments and shares. And that's what's important for your brand as a business. And it can potentially lead into a sale or, you know, a subscription or something. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good advice. And I, I feel like the, the, the subtext to that, which you're not saying is, uh, if you are being authentic and transparent and, you know, truthful to your brand, it doesn't mean everyone's going to like you, but at least you have clarity. And so those who, for, you know, I'm not their jam or so far as it's not their jam, then we're not wasting their time and they're not wasting our time because they're going to go follow somebody else. And I sort of feel like that goes back to the organic growth. Like there's some value to that in recognizing that um, this is, this is, we have a point of view and, and we want to share it. And um, it's okay if it's not everybody's point of view, but I feel like we've got a good enough community that we know we're on, we're, we're uh, on the right path alongside, you know, hundreds and thousands of other people who, who really value that. Yeah. And I think that's the important part is what you just said is community. Yeah. You've got to consider your social media as a community. Hmm. So Nisha, you're going to share some photos of fun things uh, that uh, illustrate your work. You said you're, you are going to do a few special new photos for us to put in the show notes which you can find at deborahprinzing.com for this episode. But I also will have all your social places and links. And um, I don't know if you have a menu of services that we can share with people, but um, if you do, yeah. I'd like to provide that. Of course. And even after, um, you know, this podcast is done, I'm also going to be starting up some jump starter packages, mm. which I was thinking of, you know, offering um, it's kind of more of, you know, something on a smaller scale. So you don't have to, uh, you know, think long-term with these projects, but kind of just, you know, gearing you in the right direction of some sort. So some of the themes that I've been, you know, thinking about, well, that are going to happen 
Uh, one of them will be a short storytelling campaign, which, you know, can um, contribute to your feed or, you know, creating a story campaign or even reels and just offering, you know, consulting or even potential content for you mm-hmm. uh, to help you, you know, generate that type of community around your followers. Mm-hmm. And then another one is providing brand awareness insights. So with that, I would, you know, create some shareable content for you or even help you guide or guide you in a sense to create shareable content that will generate buzz around your business and even kind of dabbling to paid advertising, whether, you know, we throw a dollar here or throw a dollar there, um, just a little bit in a sense to help your account grow. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's never done it, it's daunting. Like you just, you don't, you feel like you're going to a casino and just throwing money away. You don't really know that there's a st- analytics and strategy to guide you. And I feel like that's what you bring to the table is to, you know, provide, you know, evaluate what the landscape is and then, you know, provide these sort of conservative options for people. They're not going to, like you said, we're talking single digit investment. <laughs> No, very single digit. It's kind of just, you know, shows you exactly like where your followers at and who you should actually be targeting um, more on a creative end of it and organic end. And I think the last package that I really want to focus on that could be appealing to those is a profile refreshment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people can, you know, just create their Instagram and their Facebook on a whim and just kind of forget about how it looks or the kind of information that you have on it and you haven't really updated it because there's a lot of, you know, accounts out there that, you know, they look a certain way and they're kind of hard on the eye. They're not very appealing. They're kind of confusing sometimes, or they're just kind of outdated. I I will have to attest to the fact that you've refreshed the profile for slow flowers frequently. And sometimes it takes me a couple days to even notice it but um you're all you're there's parameters and there's limitations and you're always trying to push the boundaries of like what can you how much can you communicate that's that people are, you know want that information in the whatever the character count is and so I value that and I would encourage anyone to have you do that once once you um come up with that uh package I want to promote it because I can't tell you as a journalist how many times I go to someone's Instagram feed and I don't, it doesn't tell me their last name. It, it doesn't tell me what city and state they're in. And those things are essential. And it's like such no brainers. And, and I just think, like you said, people create their account and they don't ever go back to t- tweak it and to try to make it a little bit more, you know, user friendly. So. Exactly. And that's it. That's exactly why I thought it would be important for, those to just kind of go back and, you know, hone in on exactly what they're trying to promote and just make it very user-friendly and not so confusing. Yeah. Awesome. I like yeah. that. Okay, my dear. Thank you so much. Here's to uh, the second half of 2020. I mean, we're already, yeah. we're into it. Um, at least we get to see each other on Zoom, not in person for a while. We were almost so close at meeting at Filoli in June and then... I didn't go and you, you handled it beautifully. You were, you were our correspondent. 
you were still there. You were there virtually. That's true. That's true. I did Instagram live, even though I did it on my personal account accidentally. Hey, it worked out. It was good. Oh, that's the other thing I just have to say to everyone. Nisha is so forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has been so much fun, Nisha. Thank you so much. I just love you. I love fetching media, fetching social, that is. And um, I know we have more things to accomplish. Take care. Thanks so much for joining me today for my conversation with Nisha Blancas of Fetching Social. I hope you consider reaching out to Nisha to talk about your own social media needs. She has an extensive menu of services suitable for any budget or wish list you might have. I can honestly say that Nisha's expertise, professionalism, and passion for the Slow Flowers community has been worth every penny of investment. She is priceless and influences so much of what we undertake here. Our next thanks welcomes returning sponsor, the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Coming up in just two weeks is the second annual Sustainable Flowers Workshop led by Slow Flowers member Becky Feesby of Prairie Girl Flowers in Calgary, Alberta. I was so looking forward to being there in person with Becky and with the other instructors and attendees. Not to be deterred, Becky is proceeding with the workshop September 8th and 9th, which will be held in Calgary at the Rosemont Community Hall. She'll be joined by fellow Canadian floral designer, artist, photographer, and author, Kristen Giel of Cultivated by Kristen, past guest of this podcast. Toby Nelson and I will present virtually via Zoom. Since Toby and I cannot cross the U.S.-Canadian border right now, we're going to make it as fun and as engaging as the Zoom platform will allow. There are a few spaces left for this awesome workshop. I'll have the full itinerary and sign-up information in today's show notes. I know it will be a smashing event. And by the way, if you're stateside and want to learn how you can participate in the Sustainable Flowers Workshop virtually, reach out directly to Becky and see what you can arrange. I'll have her direct contact information in the show notes too. The Slow Flowers Podcast has been downloaded nearly 636,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you'll feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor thank you goes to the Association of Specialty Cutflower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cutflower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. You can learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. 
Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.